Today we, we're going to have a guest speaker, and uh, just to, to introduce both of them well, um, James Banks and Jeffrey led us in a prayer retreat. And uh, James, no insult, but after hearing Jeffrey speak on being Ananias and being Daniel, he could be up here this morning as easily as you. Um, wow, did these guys bring us so much from the treasure of their heart. Uh, just to, for those of you who weren't here, um, to catch you up on, on who James and I kind of are, 23 years ago, a young church planner uh, joined the EPC uh, in rural North Carolina. And uh, one year later, uh, a church planner uh, joined the EPC and, uh, in Durham, North Carolina, and he and I were assigned to be prayer partners. And so 22 years ago, we spent, golly, I don't know how many years, several years just praying together about our lives, our churches, our ministries, our families. Um, James said of me, he said that I was an example of, uh, of how to plan the church. I think he was gilding the lily a little bit, but James, I want to say this to you this morning. You have always been an example to me of what it means to be a shepherd. Um, the way you carry your people in prayer, um, just your tenderness with which you speak and you love people. So I am introducing you today to my very dear friend of many years, um, both a little older but still good looking, James Banks. Come up here and let me pray for you. <laughs> Father God, I thank you for the treasure that is in this man. And I thank you today that, that James doesn't come to perform or to impress, but to proclaim just the goodness of God um, and to call us into life with you. So Lord, bless him, fill him, pour him out. Thank you in advance for uh, everything that we are going to receive and walk away with today. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, you please do. It's, <laughs> the, the ride is this big because of me. You, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, it has been so good to be here. Uh, you all have, have been so warm and hospitable, and Jeff and I have... And Jeff, would you just hold your hand up? Uh, but uh, uh, Fortunately, he, he gets his looks from his mother. I'm grateful for that. Um, but uh, before we, we headed to scripture this morning, I, I just want to share with you uh, something I shared Friday night, which was some of the best advice I, I ever received in ministry, which was from an older mentor in ministry who one day we're, we're having coffee together and he, he looks me intently in the eye and he says, James, Sometimes you sound holier than you really are. <laughs> and I, I want to make that our, our starting point this morning because we all come from this place of need, of deep need. And uh, just to give you an idea of uh, how my morning started, I was on the phone with my wife. And right now at home, we have 11 six-week-old Labradoodle puppies. And yesterday, unfortunately, um, they eat a lot, and um, she fed them the wrong food. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it right there. Fortunately, uh, she, she wasn't angry with me this morning, <laughs> but uh, pray for those puppies. <laughs> our, our scripture this morning is uh, just two, well, three short verses. 
out of Matthew chapter 11, the words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. May we pray. Lord, thank you for calling us to you, that we really can come to you, that you really are here right now with us, in your people, in this room, Emmanuel, God with us, the risen Lord Jesus. We worship you, we praise you for your spirit. Abba, Father, help us as we look into your word. Speak to us that we may know we have heard your voice and none other. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, it has been so good, uh, again, to be with Steve and with his family and uh, just uh, to, to see uh, the warmth and the love at, at work in this congregation. And it's, it's clearly a mark of God's spirit at, at work in you. And today I'd like to talk about resting in Jesus and, and the difference it makes for all of us, especially for those seasons of life when we're overwhelmed, when we're stressed out, when we don't know what we're going to do next. Of all of the things that Jesus said, I think these words we just read are some of the most comforting. Come to me, all you who carry heavy burdens, who labor and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Those words are all about what Jesus can do when we come to him, which means when we pray. After all, how else do we come to him, right? It's a stepping forward in our souls, if you will, to him, a stepping forward in faith, we turn our hearts to him. And that's not sentimentalism. That's biblical. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. That's in Mark 12.30, quoting Deuteronomy. Heart, each time that scripture is quoted, heart always comes first. Do you know what Calvin's personal symbol was? It was a hand holding a heart. With the words, my heart I give to thee, Lord, freely and sincerely. And we need to see prayer this way. Just loving Jesus. Just being with him. Often you hear people talk about prayer and they make it all about work. And while sometimes that's part of it, if we make it that way, then often we're going to avoid it. 
<laughs> Let's tell the truth. <laughs> but I think what Jesus has in mind is something far broader and far better. Prayer isn't just about, and this is something we talked about this weekend, it isn't just about requests or answers. It's keeping company with God. And in the next verses, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. That's another way of saying, that was a kind of a metaphor in Jesus' time for saying, let me teach you. As one translation puts it, because I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Do you know that that's the only place in Scripture where Jesus describes his own heart? It's in that place where he calls us to come to him. And then he tells us about what his heart is like, meaning why we can come to him. You know, so often we think that when we come to him, he'll, he'll, he'll hold us at arm's length somehow. He'll size us up. We know those glances. But not from him. Not from him. He shows us that we can come to him no matter where we've been and, and be ourselves and not be afraid. And if we want to discover the peace Jesus longs to give us, we have to learn this, to learn how to rest in him. Because Jesus' solution to our anxiety isn't to dismiss it as unrealistic or to give us an eightfold path of steps to follow. His solution is to give us himself. As a Scott pastor, Armory Machain from the 1800s once said, a calm hour with God is worth a whole lifetime with man. Because Jesus meets our deepest need. I love a quote from C.S. Lewis about this. He says, it comes the very moment you wake up each morning. All your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists simply in shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice, taking the other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in. And so on. All day, standing back from all your natural fussings and frettings, coming in out of the wind, coming to Jesus, I would add. Several years ago, I attended a conference by a, a pastor and an author I admired, and I was going through a challenging time personally, and I was beginning to question God's goodness. And toward the end of the conference, the pastor and I had a long conversation, and he said, I'd, I'd like to, to covenant with you to pray Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. I want you to pray for that, pray that for me, and I'm going to pray that for you for the next 30 days. And by the way, that's a great thing to do with a friend. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. I'm going to read the whole passage. Here it is. For this reason, it's one of the great prayers of Scripture. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power 
through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all God's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Again, that's Ephesians 3. 14 through 21. So I went home after the retreat and I, I began to pray those words for my friend daily. And then something happened. I got sick. Kind of like the puppies I mentioned earlier. At that <laughs> same conference, I contracted a waterborne microorganism. And after I had lost 30 pounds, my wife drove me to the hospital. I thought I was fine. I tried to check myself out. No. I ended up being confined to a hospital bed for several days. And as I was forced to lie still, God's presence began to press in on me in a way I had seldom felt in my life. And there was a beauty about that. In that, I hate hospitals. <laughs> and there was a beauty about that in that place that, that I, I never expected. So much to the point that I, I could sometimes lean my head on my pillow and just imagine that I was leaning on Jesus, resting in him. Because I was too weak to plan or to push or to do anything. But then it became clear that God was not only near, that he was carrying me. God actually carries us all the time. We just don't know it. We tend to think that we keep ourselves alive. That's not what the word of God says. Moses reminded Israel of this as they stood on the borders of the promised land, that it was in the wilderness, quote, the Lord your God carried you as a father carries his son all the way you went until you reached this place, Deuteronomy 131. Psalm 22:29 reminds us that we cannot keep ourselves alive. Every breath is a gift of God. Every beat of our hearts, every synapse of our brain. God holds us up every moment, body and soul. What is it that Acts 17.28 says, For in him we live and move and exist. And he told his people in Isaiah 46.4, I will be your God throughout your lifetime until your hair is white with age. I made you and I will carry you. I will carry you along 
and save you. And part of being carried by God is coming to an understanding of his peace. The Bible calls the peace God offers us perfect peace. The word in the Hebrew actually repeats itself. Shalom, shalom in Isaiah 26.3. This is the peace that Jesus longs for us to have through his spirit. And we should ask him for it when we pray. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. So do not let your hearts be troubled. And do not be afraid. And this peace that Jesus offers us goes deeper than we know. Amber and John, and those are their actual names, are members of the church I serve. Amber attends our prayer meetings faithfully. John joined our church a few years ago, but he lives in a state hospital. And years before I met them, Amber and John were blessed with a beautiful baby girl, their only child. And to their neighbors, they seemed like the ideal family, and in many ways they were, and they were happy. But within a few years, John would suffer from the sudden onset of extreme mental illness. And one day, Amber came home to find that John had murdered their precious girl in a gruesome way. I couldn't imagine how you get through something like that. But years later, Amber and John are still married. And when she joined the church, she met my wife and me for dinner to explain their situation just so that we knew about it because it had been on the national news. And I asked her how she was able to remain married under those circumstances. And you've got to understand, Amber is, is this diminutive, blonde, most gentle person. And, and she looks at me resolutely and she says, because I made a vow to love my husband in sickness and in health, and he is sick. And man, you have to take off your shoes when you hear something like that. Talk about holy ground. But that was, was only a part of it. A few weeks ago, as I was wrapping up a book on peace through prayer, I, I pulled Amber aside after a prayer meeting and I asked her a difficult question. I said, how did you wrestle with God after you went through what you and, and John suffered? And she got this look on her face and she said, that's just the thing 
I didn't. And you can imagine my jaw dropped. You, you, you didn't wrestle with God. How is that even possible? And she explained, this happened in January. And a week before God, the week before it happened, God put a verse on my mind. And I felt like it was a gift from him. It was Isaiah 26, 3. That's the shalom, shalom verse. You will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. And she said, I, I even told John at the time that I was looking forward to a year of peace and I was excited about what it would bring. But what was happening was that God was preparing me without my knowing it. And, and then she looked at me and she had this, this wide-eyed uh, amazement and she said, he carried me. She's almost in tears. God carried me through that year, through all that time, and helped me trust him when I couldn't see beyond my tears. This isn't about me or how I did it, she said emphatically. This is about him. He got me through. He made it possible. This is all about God, she said. He carried me, she said again. And we might hear that and think, I, I wish he would carry me like that. But Deuteronomy 33.27 reminds us, the eternal God is your refuge and his everlasting arms are under you. He's there. He's there. Jesus promised, I am with you always. But the challenge I face, and I, I mentioned this the other night as well, is am I with him? Am I resting in him? Because we can learn to rest in him more and more. And I believe that as we do this, we become more aware of how he carries us. And we begin to see more of how his spirit is at work in our lives. And when we don't understand our circumstances, even in those places, he has a way of meeting us so that we can know it. But the truth is that we move so quickly through life, sometimes we hardly know that God is near. And it's almost like we lose our ability to hear him, to, to sense his presence. And this is one of the reasons why simple resting prayer matters so much. When we are resting in him in the positive ways that his word points to, and, and by the way, when, when Scripture speaks of, of idleness, it's a very different thing from, from resting 
in him. Um, when scripture speaks of those who are asleep, usually it's those who, I mean, it's always those who have turned from God, whose focus is in another place. But resting, this is something as a culture that, that often works hard, you know, we, we have to regain this, this leaning into him in a positive way. The amazing thing is that our lives become more productive when we do this. Jesus said in John 15, 9, he can do nothing by himself. And when we rest in God while we work, it results in more productivity, less busyness, because we're beginning to move in his strength. To rest in him is to have access to everything good that he wants to give us in the moment. And sometimes I look at my life and I think about places where I miss the strength that I could have had. But Jesus said, if you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. John 15, 5. And yet, why is it that when Jesus says something like that, we so often compartmentalize our lives? You know, as Jeffrey said uh, the other day, if, if church is just for an hour on Sunday, if following Jesus is just about an hour on Sunday, uh, we're doing something wrong. It's about life, right? And, and, and we know this, and it's so easy to say, sounding holier than you really are, right? <laughs> but it's another thing to, to live there. But, but the beautiful thing is that you and I can rest in Jesus anytime, anywhere. It, it may be as simple as just praying his name, as we go through the day, Jesus, just calling on him. Or we can do it by just praying in the moment, Lord, I rest in you. And the busier we are, the more we need to do this. It can happen without words, a wordless prayer, as we saw. It's really more about being than doing. Acknowledging by faith that, that he really is with us and, and that we are his. It, it's, it's simple affection in God's direction. Do we love to love God? The Puritan Matthew Henry wrote. This is what Paul was talking about when he... he he writes from prison about learning how to be content whatever the circumstances, Philippians 4.11. His rest really is possible for us. And we might tend to think, oh, you know, sure, maybe for you pastoral types that works, but Jesus wouldn't offer us his peace 
if he didn't intend to give it. And it's such a broad promise, right? Peace I leave with you. Or come to me, you who are heavy laden. He made us. He knows us. He knows our circumstances and how we are wired in them. But, but we have to turn our hearts to him to receive it. Just like a, a sunflower is heliotropic, right? We have to place ourselves before him. It doesn't require a lot of effort. It's just a turning of our hearts. One thought to close. Um, the first photograph of a living person was made by Louis Daguerre in 1838. It, it shows a, a lone figure who's standing on this empty avenue in Paris in the middle of the day. And normally the streets and, and the sidewalks would have been teeming with life and, and, and activity. And in reality, they were. But the people and the horses and the carriages on the boulevard that day were in constant motion. And the exposure time necessary to process the photo took seven minutes to capture the image. So the buildings showed up. And the lone man in the photograph, the, the man who made a difference in history, was just standing there having his boots shined. <laughs> he was the only person standing still. Don't just do something. Stand there. With God. Because with God, stillness accomplishes what constant motion and effort cannot. He blesses it. He blesses us. Come to me. All you who labor and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. May we pray. Lord Jesus, help us with this immediately in our minds. Immediately in our minds. The words, yes, but... <laughs> Come up. And we find ourselves in that place of thinking, uh, that's maybe for someone else, but not for me. But Lord, we praise you that this is for us because you are for us. This is your spirit in us. And you long for us to have more of yourself and more of your peace. 
And so we ask, Father, that you would fill us, fill us afresh, help us just to be with you. Thank you that as we make ourselves real to you, you make yourself real to us. As we finish out this time together, I would just mention that if, as we've talked about this, you've had a, a sense of longing, that is his spirit drawing you near. And if you've never received him, oh, he said, That, that he will welcome us. And, and we can receive him by, again, just being real and admitting our need. That in our lives there's brokenness that we can't fix. And the Bible calls that sin. And recognizing our own part in that and that Jesus went to the cross to save us from that. And if we invite him to, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I want to begin a new life with you. He said he will come into our hearts and lives and make us something entirely new. Oh, we'll still be the individuals that he created, that he loves, but there'll be something new inside of us the way it was always meant to be. And Lord, we praise you. You've come to give us eternal life never ends in your love. So help us to receive you. Lord, if we know you already, help us to go there more and more to rest in you, our beautiful Savior. We love you. And we praise you. We thank you for loving us first. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.